podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody! Wow! Welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation, the uh, TNG podcast that just keeps on keeping on. I'm Matt. I'm Andy. And I'm willing to bet that by the time it's over, you'll have a pretty good idea what field you're interested in. Yeah, that's right. I played that one in the Patreon last episode, but I felt the public needed to hear it. It's a Crusher-centric episode. Why not crush it with some Beverly Crusher? I never heard a uh, Wesley one of the uh, And I'm... I believe you have. Have I? Yeah. Uh, it's probably something mopey. They love to write this guy mopey. I'm oh, sorry. Do it again. That's uh, okay. I don't know what he said either. And I'm not going to quit now. He's not going to quit now. He's more defiant. I stand corrected. Uh, no, this is like the mopeyest we've ever seen him as far as I'm concerned. And I think this 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 last episode had a lasting effect on how people remember the character. It <laughs> seems reasonable. I mean, you got this bookended with uh, Shut Up, Wesley, and it's it's uh, doing yeah. the character a little dirty. I agree. Uh, but, uh, I mean, that said... Matt, would you have them watch this episode? You can. <laughs> Just to let um, you know, guys, you can if you want to. <laughs> sure. I, I think that's almost true of all the episodes. <laughs> Some I would steer clear of. Others I'd say you have to watch, but this one, you can. <laughs> uh, anyway, that said, let's Admiral's Club words. Go to leave a five-star How do they get into the Admiral's Club? Uh, they just head over to iTunes, or, well, I guess Apple Podcasts nowadays, and uh, leave a five-star review. You can write whatever you want. Just like it's five stars. Maybe Andy will read yours on the podcast. Let's find out if uh, you're that lucky Admiral Club's member. Who do we got today? We got Clint Schmidt, who titles his review, The Reviewer When They Were President. Um, reviewer When They Were The President. But I, don't, I don't think you are the president. I mean, it's possible you're the president. Uh, Myra with Star Trek on the Ocean. Secunda on the Ocean. Myra and Secunda on the podcast with Star Trek. Darmok and Sinatra at the Sands. <laughs> well done. Here, here. Darmok and Sinatra. Um, and some kind of pod, some kind of podcast from J.J. Bozeman, uh, who says it's about alien monsters on some kind of Star Trek. Also, Frank Sinatra, come on. <laughs> Frank getting two, two shout-outs in the Admirals Club today. In a row. I was like, yeah, why Love not? It. He's not, sure. not going to be with us forever. <laughs> not on this podcast. <laughs> uh, President Circle? President Circle.
Oh, yes. Look at the eyes of everyone in here. Slightly glazed over because they get eight extra podcasts every month right now. That's the President's Circle way. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. And why not get more of us? There's up to eight podcasts available right now. We're going through season two of Picard as it airs. Uh, that one is at Lieutenant's and President's Circle. Voyager. Oh, baby. That is a Prez Circle exclusive. Uh, you also now get this episode of the podcast that you're currently listening to early. That's right. We put it up a couple days early for those in the president's circle as a little way of saying, here's even more of us. Uh, Andy likes to select one message from the week that gets a Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Sometimes it's two, sometimes it's three. It's uh, from a good comment or a particularly enjoyable comment in the Patreon. Andy, who's getting it today? It is our old friend Cosmo Moore, T. Earl Grey, kind of warm. Uh, he's got to have the like neck trouble yeah. from all the medals of valor he's wearing. That's true. And he's also all, already got sight issues, so you know that I can't mean, be good for him. Aye, aye, aye. Cosmo, think before you submit. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, a lot of times I don't always go by it, so it's not a, it's not, you can't rig the system. But I usually, you know, sometimes I go by how many likes a, co- a comment's gotten. Um, and uh, Cosmo pointed out, uh, well, he said, I was 10 years old when this episode came out. This is regarding Genesis, the last bizarre and creepy episode. <laughs> he says, uh, it creeped me out, especially the wharf spitting part. Yeah. Did you notice our friend Livingston de-evolved into some kind of jellyfish? I thought I mentioned that. But you yeah, have. I did notice that. Um and by notice that, I mean I only noticed that when I read the Memory Alpha. Um, so th- one of the creepier things, and just a just a just a side issue. Um, uh, Cosmo Moore also uh, had some news that acting ensign uh, Cade Moore. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, Cosmo. Um, his his little ensign uh, fell off of Grandma's lap today while Dad was mopping up the holodeck after Riker was done. I did not join Starfleet for this. Kate broke his wrist. Uh, being a stay-at-home dad, these twins have probably heard your voices as much as they have mine. I uh, lots of lots of podcasting gets me through the day. Can Kate get a better soon shout out from our command crew? I would send him to Beverly, but it's a broken wrist. Does not require an autopsy. We spent three hours in Deep Space Nine urgent care waiting to see Doctor Bashir. As you will come to find out soon, he's the best doctor in Starfleet dictated this year. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but he he might be. Certainly the smartest. Uh well, Cade, look, here's the deal. Uh don't sit in your grandmother's lap. I think we all learned a lesson. <laughs> right. Very valuable. It's not, it's not a secure position there. You gotta Obviously other laps are your dad's laps available, you know. Uh any any other laps that uh are family or friends of your of your of your dad probably okay if your grandmother i'd steer clear that said you could also sit in one of the captain's chairs with the straps in them those those seem to not exist until the motion picture and nemesis <laughs> for some reason only two <laughs> a lot of shaking uh, no straps <laughs> oh i believe the excelsior got like some seatbelt action too uh anyway Cade, get better immediately please get better Cade. Um, we're rooting for you, buddy. Uh, uh, Andy's rooting. Well, I'm rooting for you. Ma- I'm rooting against your grandmother. 
sense, you know, which is in a sense rooting for you because she did yeah. this to yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, priority one messages. Let's make it happen with some priority fun. Captain, incoming message. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. All right. What's happening? People talking about Genesis, de-evolving and whatnot. They are. What's happening? Uh, there were a lot of opinions. Uh, some people saying, you know, the general ballpark of this was weird and leaning toward a bad episode. Uh, many people saying positive things about it and obviously saying that it freaked them the hell out. Kathleen mm-hmm. Guzman uh, says, this was one of my favorite episodes growing up. Can't wait to see what they think about it. And that was a thinking emoji. Oh, no. That's for the past. I know. Mr. The Ultimate Trekker says, Miss The Ultimate Trekker walked, Mrs., walked past this episode and said it was the worst episode. I offered to show her masks. She declined. Um, Trekker also says, like in Threshold, the cure also includes instant hair regrowth. And what about Beverly? She got a face full of acid wharf snot in the face. Data's miracle re-evolution drug ain't going to fix that. That is a good question. Yeah, I mean, she was going to need reconstructive surgery, so obviously she had some. It's pretty good in the future, though, right? We don't really see people with... Do we Do we see a lot of people with, like, major scars or issues? I mean, that's really up to you. Because sometimes you see, you know, actors or background with uh, prominent noses, and you're like, what alien are they? And I'm like, no, Andy. <laughs> that's just a nose. So it is what it is. I might be saying, what a what beautiful alien are they? I'm not, uh, you know, uh, uh, it's not superficiality. True. I mean, you didn't say the adjective beautiful, but... I'd have been thinking it. You know, you could have meant it. Lieutenant Eric Peebles says, I get those monsters are his friends and crew, and Data is working on a cure, but if I'm Picard and I saw that goddamn spider thing, I'm shooting the warp core. I <laughs> agree. <laughs> that thing is terrible. Um... Eric also says the TNG episode Genesis has a runtime of 45.24. The Genesis album Invisible Touch has a runtime of 45.42. I got to try it. And they tried it. It, it works more than it does it. All she does is, a, is a, a bit of a stretch. But the moment Land of Confusion kicks in is perfect. Domino is a bit long, but it can work. Tonight, tonight is great in any circumstance, and throwing it all away gives a new context to Worf chasing Picard. Um, <laughs> if you're extraordinarily bored, I say try it out. That's a uh, thank you for being a weird enough fellow nerd to try that. That's our crew, so we don't have to. Um, Command Master Chief, my air conditioner is pumping right now, and I wasn't sure if you had a humidifier on. It is warm. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is set to, like, only kick on if it goes above 73 in here. Yeah. And it has. And I apologize for the sound, but summer. quite frankly, you've, you've all told me I could keep it on. Summer is your bottom season, right? That's the one you hate the most. Fucking hate yeah, summer. Right. I, my therapist said I have seasonal affective disorder for the summer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's not a joke. I believe That's you. accurate. <laughs> it's so appropriate. Oh, that damn sun. Oh, I hate it so much. I do. I really just like, I wish it would go away. <laughs> You're the reverse Superman. <laughs> oh, I mean, God. I, th- I think about it all the time. I guess that would, like, that would be bizarro. You're the reverse Superman. I think about moving to like Iceland or something. Just, I just got to get away. 
Would you, I think you would. I think you would like Iceland. Iceland is fantastic. I for did. Those I had a great time there. there, but yeah, I've been there. Delightful people with what a sense I, of humor. I, landlocked. What am I? Landlocked, Andy. I, I get I out. I see other countries pre twenty nineteen. He was twenty twenty. A real Boston boy, and it's lucky he even came out to L.A. Command Master Chief Robert Garrison. Define luck. More. Well, lucky for the podcast. I guess I'm lucky for everything else. <laughs> um, uh, Command Master Chief writes, uh, for the hail at 27, you cut your own argument in the beginning. All your explanation doesn't apply because Starfleet isn't in the Navy, isn't the U.S. Navy. What we see on the show is how Starfleet works, period. Uh, I only bring this one up because many people <laughs> were just jumping apart saying, yeah! <laughs> so, uh, strong feelings. Um, Master Chief also says, uh, Riker immediately hooks up with the new tactical officer. Where is the Navy rank on that caller? LOL. <laughs> uh, and lastly, um, notice that Patrick Stewart didn't have to do any devolving. I wonder if by season seven he was like, I don't know if I. Uh, it helps the story for me to be in four hours as prosthetics. Whatever what this one, I sat here. I can communicate it through acting that I'm a marmoset. <laughs> um, Lieutenant Kelly Co says, I freaking love this episode. Always have. It's delightfully weird. Matthew Dillon. Says takes all kinds. Yeah. A lot of people really on board, uh, more than I even could put in. Uh, Morph and mm. Rorf, oh, sorry, Rorf, Rorf, Worf's brother. We all know him. Uh, <laughs> Worf and Troy arguing about the air conditioning. Ooh, apropos, is just like being in the office in real life. It is for me, folks. Uh, Troy should just get a janky fire hazard space heater to put under her chair, like some of the people in my office. I mean, that's always the thing that I like to remind people of. It's like, you could always put on more layers, but with the heat, it's like, you're fucked. Yeah. Once you lose the the, the shirt and underwear, you're done. There's nothing left to lose. You must have been in heaven, because Goldberg always kept it freezing. Oh, his office was the best. Yeah. It was the coldest. I loved it. Um... Neil Studd. Let- Letterman's studio, also a delight. <laughs> you like all the places that are too cold for regular people. All the places that are cold enough for comedy. <laughs> uh, Lieutenant Neil Studd writes, Nurse Ogawa was robbed of her MVC awards. award. Sure, Data figured out what to do, but without Ogawa's amniotic fluid, he wouldn't have been able to synthesize the cure. Additionally, it speaks to the Brandon Braga of it all that uh, we didn't get a single line of dialogue to confirm that Ogawa's baby was fine afterwards <laughs> really valid <laughs> well I mean the baby does this pregnancy come up again it does one more time oh that's nice on her fast track oh I guess they were, we're fast we're, we're fast tracking that baby do we establish they were engaged when she yes. was not sure? No. They were sure. What? Sorry, they, she wasn't sure, and then by the end of the episode, they got engaged. That was what happened. Right. Yes. Um, somewhere in there, they got married and got pregnant. They, they Not necessarily. What do you mean? But pregnant, yes. Not ne- Oh, they didn't get necessarily get married. That's right. That's true. I'm speaking in, in a very <laughs> conservative perspective. 
You're speaking in uh, 1943. Because it's a sin. It's a sin, Ogawa. <laughs> um, if it's a sin, I'm divorced. So, you know, <laughs> I'm right there along with you. Uh, Lieutenant Tom Bondurant uh, says, no one is suggesting spot for MVC. If not for her babies, you don't get to Ogawa's pregnancy, providing the antidote. And then KD Campbell on Twitter uh, suggests uh, she gets most valuable cat, which uh, I think is fair. I mean, it's a it's a it's a it's a real Rube Goldberg kind of a way to award the MVC. It's like really who was the catalyst? I guess I guess it was Spot's pregnancy it was the catalyst for us to discover that Nurse Ogawa was pregnant. I mean, I'm certainly always rooting for Spot, and Spot uh, did get get turned into a lizard in this episode, but probably. Even though I think we probably have backed into it when we've had no no other thought, uh, it pro- you mm-hmm. probably it, it has to be at least an intentional thing you do that accidentally leads to the cure. It can't be like gotcha. Um, Makes sense. I like the rule, but you're the captain. Tom Bondron also adds uh, regarding Kirk in Strange on Strange New Worlds. Uh, Matt is right that Prime Kirk has a decent amount of established backstory. In fact, it is probably a coincidence, but Kirk is the same age as Tilly, both born 2233. Did she, we've, we've, this has come up before. Did, does Tilly ever mention Kirk or no? No, but we have talked, we've, we have mentioned that before. I don't remember in what context. Um, Tom goes on, that is both mind blowing and helpful for understanding where Kirk should be in the Pike years. According to TOS obsession, by 2257, mm-hmm. around the time of Disco Season 2, the 24-year-old Kirk is lieutenant on the Farragut. However, that's the last we know about him before he takes command of the Enterprise eight years later. Mm-hmm. Um, Strange New Worlds is supposed to take place around 2259, so it's possible that Kirk has been promoted and or assigned to another ship, but not mm-hmm. the Enterprise because Kirk says he only met Pike once at the changeover in command. Yeah. Maybe he was just... Of, you know. What if they? What if they? What if they're duping us? And like, you get two episodes with Pike, and then the change of command happens, and we're watching fucking TOS redone. I mean, I would be so annoyed. I, I wouldn't have a problem with it as long as they did it well. There's a lot of stuff, but they don't. They will not. There's a lot of our, the debates we've had. That that probably is true. But there's a lot of debates, not debates. There's there's an issue that's come up on our Picard podcasts uh, now on Patreon um, that. Uh, that were that are like whether people are on board or not on board with repeats of you know tropes from the Trekverse, and I I'm on record as saying I got no issue. You've been doing this for you know how, how many years? <laughs> what is this? Was the late sixties? There's, there's been like eight hundred and seven, eight hundred and sixty something episodes. So you're something. gonna you're gonna in a sci-fi world you're gonna repeat stuff. I got no problem with that. As long as it's done well and it's a new sort of interesting extrapolation and a new way to reveal the characters. Yeah. That is definitely a high bar, I agree with you, of like, we're going to do the same thing in a slightly different way, which is, I guess, what the J.J. movies were. Did you hate those? Yeah, they were. Yeah. Did I like them? I said, did you hate them? But I'll take, did you like them? Oh, I didn't hate them. Uh, I didn't like the second one that much. And you like the third one. Uh the third one I do like the most. Yeah, it's the most. I think a lot of people probably don't agree with that, but I think it's the most Star Trekky of the three. Um, 
Bondurant says, uh, goes on, therefore I suspect that the Captain Kirk of Strange New World season two may be a flash forward like a message sent to Pike and crew in the past that doesn't violate anybody's established history. I doubt that. Oh, that That is, you're, you're calm down with the giving them credit for caring about what upsets the canon. Yeah. Um, check out Picard. <laughs> Besides, Spock and the Enterprise uh, were once uh, Spock and the Enterprise were once a line that Disco seemed reluctant to cross, and it turned out well enough that we have Strange New Worlds. Everybody seems pretty excited about the series, so maybe they'll do right by Kirk as well. Doesn't say that he's excited. Interesting. I love your optimism. It's endless, and uh, I appreciate it. I don't know. Thank you. Yeah, I guess he says maybe it will be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm optimistic, too. I don't know why. I don't know what it's based on. I don't either. I I thought by now. I think I liked Pike. I liked number one, and I like how they're handling a Spock more or less. So, what's what's the uh, is the face? I mean, I'm just trying to think of their handling of Spock. Like he was had a mental break. Like this is. I'm just thinking of like how we've seen Spock portrayed so far. I guess I'm saying the actor's portrayal. I I agree. There have been some wild swings, oh, and okay. the relationship with Barnum Burnham has been very odd, but. Um, hope these aren't spoilers. So, so far, you you just like um, the way he says "live long and prosper," or like what? Look, I'm an easy audience. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I'm a hard right. audience. Sometimes, look, I'm just. I think I'm, I'm not because it's straight ahead. I think he does a fine job. It's straight ahead, honestly. kind of like pre-softened up, very Vulcan Spock, and I enjoy that. At what point do you find that? Spock was softened up. Well, I just mean TOS Spock, even though he's, um, you know, Vulcan and it's all about logic, there's a sweetness mm-hmm. to the performance, humanity to the performance from Leonard Nimoy. So he never seems like he's, you know. So you're saying that this guy currently playing Spock has, can't, does, is not bringing the humanity to it. Like when you see Spock at the top of uh, the motion picture, he's very austere well that's that's I'm gonna go to Vulcan and find myself Spock this is what I'm that's saying different... I feel like that's a little bit of the taste we're getting of this Spock oh I see okay motion picture Spock a little bit I mean obviously it's not the okay. same time that, that, that I can see I he's can see coming from sure. Vulcan more recently and that's him going and taking a, a bath in the ponds of Vulcan which I don't know the names of <laughs> I just like I just I wonder what they're be really funny if they had Nurse Chapel also on the ship but they made Rebecca Romaine also play Nurse Chapel (laughs) is it gonna be a reveal has anybody ever discussed that like or is she she is definitely Majel Barrett is that the what are you talking about what number one is the yeah is Majel Barrett's character from the pilot yeah yeah it is supposed to be Nigel Barrett. That has been established. Who else is number one? Then? I don't know. They might do a reveal that it's somebody else. But the cage is canon as far as I know. That's fair. So we've already seen it. But then again, they don't care about you. Whatever. So who cares? Might be Whoopi Goldberg. You never know. <laughs> um, Dick Warlock Esquire writes, I disagree with how many Andes this episode received of Matt and Andy. To me, any episode that's not boring automatically gets five Andes. And there are plenty of boring mm. Star Trek 
uh, Next Generation episodes. This episode was anything but boring. <laughs> Excuse me. Dumb Riker, <laughs> Dumb Riker should be enough to get get it three more Andes. And then the jump scare, which worked for me, should earn another two. So this is obviously a 10 out of 10 Andes episode. That's a high. That is a high amount you're giving to the jump scare. Two whole Andes. And the disrespect shown to it by Matt and Andy hurts my feelings. Um, Yeah, I... I apologize. I think 10 out of 10 is, I agree with Matt, is a bit high. Uh, But uh, I also feel like my rating was too low because I feel like all the things people are saying about this episode are accurate. It was... And I myself said it was like a really great kind of l- low rent schlocky, um, you know, seventies eighties uh, sci fi horror movie. Um, so I should have given a little bit, a few more. I agree. I mean, but you're operating under the guise that they're—that's what they were attempting to do. They must have been. Certainly, that must have been. But usually, what... usually when they're attempting to do something like that, they they say it. In interviews or whatever. But oh, that's about that's that. interesting. I feel like, I feel like um, uh, Gates. That had to be what she was going for. I mean, there are too many visual touches. Uh, visually, it's a. It's. I think it's visually a great episode. Yeah. Visually, I'd give it a ten. Yeah, I would agree. But otherwise, you know, just story wise. Besides the visuals, like the story, the dialogue, yeah. and the plot, I just have to drop it quite a bit as usual a lot of those plot holes could have been shored up easily maybe not easily but definitely possibly um sam fat pal child writes uh all i gotta say is i saw that damn spider barkley when it aired and i was six still freaks me out Max Daniker writes, uh, as someone who heavily identified with Barkley and had a deathly fear of spiders, this episode was always nightmare fuel for me, even at age 11 when I first saw it, so much so that I never rewatch it. Even now, my reaction to the webs in main engineering is nope, nope, nope. Thank God data uh, for data, because my inner marmoset's reaction to the jump scare would be kill it with fire. Mr. Data, detonate the warp core and let the sweet silence embrace us all. <laughs> Uh, oh well, thanks for the free therapy, boys. Uh, great pod to a bonkers episode. Uh, Kamaraki, DS9 or bust. You're almost there, pal. <laughs> says, uh, okay, this just occurred to me when I re-listened to the Realm of Fear episode. Barkley says he's never been afraid of spiders in that episode. Kamaraki's theor- theory, this is because he's always been part spider. <laughs> oh, I like <laughs> Valid. It. Lieutenant Lucas, ship skyscraper and skyline expert, says, Strong disagree with the guys on this one. Not that it isn't written bad, but I always really enjoyed it. The Enterprise spinning in space should give it 5 out of 10 alone. That is Wow, fucking, you guys are really giving it. They're all on board. But I, you know what? I agree. That, that visual of the Enterprise just dead spinning in space, fantastic. And mm-hmm. talking about how hard it is to do new things. I've never seen that on TNG before, prior to that. Right. Commander Trev writes, maybe Deanna is clearing her counseling schedule for the family of the man at Khan who has his spine ripped through his chest. Jeez, the final scene of this episode is so painfully tone-deaf. Like, we're all laughing and having fun in sickbay, and the helm was basically half-eaten. Helmsman was basically half-eaten by Worf. I mean, I, uh, uh, by war, I mean an unknown fellow crew member. <laughs> that is a ch- good point. Is Worf? I mean, I guess Worf wouldn't care if he was a murderer, but uh, 
Um, I mean, as long as the kill was honorable, Worf will be fine with I it. I don't think it was. <laughs> um, lastly, Madawane writes, is more than one sick bay called sick bays or six bay? Wow. I see what you're doing there. And the answer is, you're correct. <laughs> six bays. Sick bays. Why did I say six? Are there six six bays? Um, I don't know. Uh, that's it for the priority one messages. Okie dokie. Let's head out into the hallway. Somehow. The door won't open. I guess we're stuck in here. There's something wrong with the ship. We're spinning in space. <laughs> Damn it. Whoever's upstairs in the bridge is probably devolving into some sort of ape man. We gotta go back to the front. The United Federation of Planets. And we'll just go through here. All right, Andy. Now that we're here, we can open up the hail bag proper and uh, see what everyone's saying about. Genesis, not the band. Although someone did write in about the band. It's true. Captain, Captain, we are being hailed. We are. Who's the hails? Uh, Henry Bolton writes, just a couple of things to point out about this episode. Anyone else catch the moment Riker flips Picard the bird right around 2705 when Picard and Data discovered the de-evolved Riker in the ready room? Um, I didn't. I wonder what was going on. Um. Next, what happened to Jordy? He completely disappears around the 19-minute mark. Every other cast member gets a reveal as their de-evolved self, except for him and Crusher, who's incapacitated, including Barkley, who doesn't even need to be in the episode. Why is he here? Everything he does could have been done by Jordy. It's so true. I guess they wanted him there. It's also funny if he's... You know he's he's got these issues, and then his issue. You need someone. You need someone who can look after Spot. It's a funny, also game, as we say in the improv world, in that uh, he's the one who's the most freaked out, and then his ailment, you know, almost destroys the ship. Third, with your experience working on TV shows, do you have any opinion? on whether they use stunt doubles for the heavy makeup jobs. Once Worf and Barkley have substantially de-evolved, they are unrecognizable. Do you think they were given the day off? I don't think so. No, as far as I know, that was that was uh, Schultz and uh, Dorn. Yeah. Finally, uh, no one addresses the fact that at least one crew member was brutally murdered in this episode. Are we to assume... I thought we addressed the fact. Andy didn't believe he was dead. And I was like, how could he not be dead? And then we listened to the part where... Yeah. Data said his spine was severed. Yeah. Uh, but Beverly's always bringing people back from the dead. After she does autopsies on him. Andy usually misses dialogue-y things, and I usually miss visual things, and Andy catches them. It's very interesting. And yet I am also face blind, so it's a mixed bag. <laughs> um, I know we don't didn't get to know him as much as Encinito, but Jesus. All the best, Henry. Uh, then we have a... He was the first one to notice that uh, Riker was being real dumb. Yeah. I guess because I was so delighted. Should I send a message to Starfleet, sir? Starfleet wants to know about our thing, or whatever, our status. And then Riker is confused about Starfleet. He goes, sir? <laughs> so great. I gotta, I gotta cast him in something where he plays a dumb guy. 
Um, Nick from Massachusetts, uh, our old friend, has sent us a voicemail. Hail. Hey, guys. Nick from Massachusetts. It's been a long time. Uh, I have a lot of things to say. I'm going to try to make it quick. You hit my favorite episode, Genesis. That's my favorite episode <laughs> of any Shrek ever. Yes, you heard correctly. It is bonkers. Gates did such a good job directing. The performances, they start so subtle, they get big. Yeah, it's a ridiculous premise. But they made a whole movie about saving fucking whales. Not saying it's not great. But they made a movie about that. So, you know, <laughs> give them a break. And... It's just cool. It's scary. There's angles we've never seen. The lighting, the sound. The Again, everything. visually, 10 it's out of 10. so cool. Deanna in the bathtub? Come on already. I had a lot more thoughts while I was listening, but now they're gone. But anyway, it's a great episode. <laughs> uh, if, you just, if, you, if you put down the silliness of it because it's Star Trek and it's silly. But anyway, I also had a thought. Once Frank Sinatra dies, spoiler alert, <laughs> you could switch to another artist. I suggest... Madonna, you can call it fucking A, Madonna. And then you can call her the chairman of the broad. That's just a thought I had. I had a lot more thoughts, but they're gone. But anyway, nice hearing you guys every week. And, uh, you know, enjoy. Talk soon. Go thoughts. You feel like you're uh, visiting your relatives? <laughs> Oh, he's a very specific person, and I love it. I love it. I love it. He's like uh, he's like my campy cousin. Like I love. Him. <laughs> Thanks for calling. Delightful. Uh, Mark Schultes, our old friend, writes the Real World Deep Space Nine. Um, hey, Andy. Since this uh, isn't uh, uh, podcast episode discussion specific, sending an old fashioned hail. As the end of TNG nears, I'm always thinking about funny what-ifs on the horizon, new Andy's theories, how the material will probably change with the dynamic of the next cast. Since the next show is the story of seven-plus strangers picked to live on a station and have their lives <laughs> logged to find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real, it's the real world Deep Space Nine. Any listeners savvy enough to build a theme or jingle out, out of that with a DS9 clip? Haha. Also, knowing uh, Genesis is coming, funny story about Gates McFadden. I was going to meet her and get her autograph, but I didn't want to sound corny or cliche, but rather insightful. Talk about directing. So, always being a fan of Genesis, figured I'd look up some tidbits and mentioned that I liked her episode. When I did, uh, I came across fans bashing it. I didn't know it was uh, disliked so when I met her, and I said, I love Genesis. Not sure why it gets a bad rap. I think it was cool. And she said, I've never heard anyone like it. <laughs> it sounds like the exact thing you can hear Gates McFadden saying. <laughs> uh, yep, I felt like an asshole. From now on, I'm just going to be corny and cliche. Thanks, uh, Lieutenant Mark the Nemesis Rises Schultes. Oh, my God. That's, so that is, that's the kind of thing I would do, Mark, so don't feel too bad. Um, and lastly... We have uh, a voicemail from our old friend Brad Arrington entitled MVC. Mm-hmm. Lieutenant Commander Brad Arrington. Hey, Andy. Chief Statistician Commander Brad Arrington here. Uh, so, Starfleet uh, called me back to Starfleet Academy for an advanced master's degree. So, 
Uh, I haven't really had a lot of time to do the uh, stats see, recently. See, on the Golden Gate Bridge, uh, is that why yeah, you're here? Yeah, I noticed that the seven-season uh, journey is nearing its end, so they pressed me back into action uh, to, to finish out the stats. Uh, but while I was doing that, I noticed that uh, um, you guys didn't actually do um, uh, some of the rankings for the first five episodes uh, of the show. Hmm. Um, so you guys did... Uh, what was it? The um, uh, the Andes, but you didn't pick an MVC. Um, so I was wondering if there was any way you guys could go back and um, do an MVC uh, for the first uh, five uh, episodes of TNG. Um, if you could do it, it would be awesome. And uh, you know, but you know, if, if you guys are busy and you can't, I understand, and we'll just uh, go with what, what we got. Uh, thanks a lot, and uh, talk to you later. Bye. I mean, we are going to run out of content at some point. We should probably. <laughs> are we? <laughs> M- 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 we should probably MVC those. Uh, yeah. I, well, TNG. TNG content. Uh, thank you, Brad. I wrote back to him. Just, yeah, let us know the episodes. We've also been. Well, it's the first five. He did. Oh, did he say that? There you go. Yeah. All right, then we would have to go back and do that. And I also said, uh, hey, maybe uh, maybe that can be. We're still in debate on, you know, we've, we've threw, floated out live show. Uh, so we're talking about that. There is also uh, we're thinking about maybe uh, some version of uh, you know a Zoom, um, a live Zoomed show, possibly for the last episode. We don't know. We're we're debating a lot of different things. But I was also thinking if we have a wrap up show, which is the thing that people have suggested, then maybe Brad can reveal all of the final stats. Should we just uh, have Will? host the ready room for us <laughs> <That'd> be fantastic <laughs> would he do that <laughs> good question um we treat her better we treat him better than this episode um and with that uh if you'd like to send a hail to sdtncpod at gmail.com it will be welcome please put the title of the episode in the subject heading somewhere um if you want to tweet you can tweet or Instagram Matt Myra at Matt Myra. You can Instagram me at Andrew Secunda or tweet me at Secunda. If you like to send us a voice hail, it's 816 Trek TNC. Or if you want to get access to our priority one messages um, and early uh, um, early postings of these episodes, please join the Patreon. That's it for the hail back. We crossed many doors to many places Your hands made us think of all your faces So plug TNC in your little board node Let's talk about this week's episode uh, This week's episode is Journey's End And uh, I gotta say, it uh, feels like the end of a journey I don't know which journey it is I guess it's Wesley's journey until That's the idea, right? His, del- his deleted cameo from nemesis uh did we did they shoot it yeah, yeah they shot oh, it. i'd love to see that at some point it's just him at the wedding having a great time oh uh this episode aired 28th of march 1994 andy what was happening number one song in the u.s was still the sign by ace of bass nice and number one song in the uk still <laughs> dupe by dupe <laughs> weirdness yeah Number one movie, Naked Gun, 33 and a third, The Final Insult. Got it right this week. Number one book, <laughs> Accident by Daniel Steele. Number one TV show this week, uh, Home Improvement, Deaths That Week. 
Kurt Cobain. What a time marker. Um, I thought, I thought that was April. Oh, I don't know. I certainly am no historian. Uh, events: Michael Jordan announces his return. He died April fifth, nineteen ninety four. I guess he's sort of advancing it away. Oh, week. maybe maybe there's maybe the next week is off. Right. Well, that would be. Oh yeah, it could be. Uh, Michael Jordan announces his return to the NBA after being reassigned to a lower baseball league. Um, was that? I didn't realize. Did that motivate it? <laughs> or I don't know. I don't know. You'd have to ask MJ. Filming begins on Star Trek Generations. That's it. Oh, that's interesting. You belong. All right. Uh, so now let's uh, do, I guess, our most reviewed segment. Frank Sinatra, oh. come on. Da, 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 da. It's time for that segment everybody hates. <laughs> time for Frank Sinatra, come on. <laughs> Andy, what was going on with the chairman of the broad? No, just kidding. Uh, Soon. We got a lot of broads. Frank is back out on tour after spending a bit of time in Palm Springs resting up. This week, he has one-nighters in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, I don't know how to say this. M-O-L-I-N-E? An idea? Is that a, is that a, a mistype? Anyway. I don't know. Illinois. Sounds like Malone. That's what I would think. And Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, the night before our pod broadcast, he ends his show in Omaha with New York, New York as usual, then tacks on a surprise rendition of I Get a Kick Out of You at Frankie. Whoa. Still surprising audiences. He always gives them their money's worth. After slumping over and knocking his head. <laughs> hey, look, that's entertaining, too. Oh, I guess that was was that Voyager or this one? It's this this one. It's always this one. Voyager is uh, Seinfeld. Wow, Frank, slow down, bud. You nice timing. Uh, let's talk about Jenna. I'm sorry, Journey's End, which. Uh, was written by Ronald D. Moore himself, directed by Corey Allen. And here is the synopsis. As a result of a long-disputed treaty with the Cardassians, the Federation has agreed to return several planets to Cardassian control. One such planet, Dorvan V, is inhabited by the descendants of Native Americans. They do not wish to leave their new home, which they had spent many years searching for. Uh, this is the final episode with the traveler the ark of the traveler <laughs> I've always always been chomping at the bit to find out what three happens. three out of three here we go it's the traveler which uh quite frankly is funny captain's log stardate 47751.2 the enterprise has arrived at starbase 310 for a meeting with fleet admiral nechev this visit has also given us the opportunity to pick up a member of the family here you are, your very own quarters. They're as far away from mine as possible, so you don't even have to see me if you don't want to. Mom, you know that's not why I asked for my own quarters this time. You don't have to explain. There comes a time in a young man's life when he doesn't want to stay with his poor.
poor senile mother, I understand. I'll come visit you in the old doctor's home every Sunday. <laughs> come in. Andy, your face says it wants to say something. Um, I think it probably will come up when, once we get into the attitude that he, he shares. I know that he explains his feelings later, but I don't know that I'm ever really satisfied with the explanation. <laughs> like why he's acting like such a dick the whole time. I think he comes in a little hot. Yeah. Like, uh, like just Wesley-wise. Like, it's like, whoa, 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 slow down. Let's get there. Like, he's practically acting like he's got the Genesis virus in this episode. I'm like, oh, they're going to reveal it. Something's it's like, no, it's just the way they portray Wesley. So, is there a runaway cadet in here? If so... We may have to call security. <laughs> Welcome back, Wes. Thanks. So, like, it suffers from not showing the reverse, and like, that's true. Is Wesley is Wesley smiling? Is he like, what is his feeling? Like here? he's he's not kind of smiling, but he also it's like it's not. Who directed this one? Uh, Corey Allen. Because it's kind of like I don't know. I guess he's sort of being polite. It's a slow burn, but then it's such a sharp left turn when he starts acting like a dick. But I guess even in the scene, oh, scenes, it's a crazy yeah. lantern. How's life at the academy? It's great. <laughs> it's great, but it's good to have a break. I was, of course, not serious about calling security. It was a joke. I got it, Data. So you're just gonna lounge around while we all have work to do around here? I'm sure I can find some time to help you, sir. No, oh, Wes, enjoy your vacation. I'm sure you've earned it. Thanks. Well, then why'd you say that? Well, I think we better <laughs> let you settle in. Yeah, that's a good idea. Say, Wes, don't uh, don't sleep your whole vacation away, all right? Goodbye, Wes. You gotta feel bad for Jordy in oh. this episode. It's good to have you home. I agree. He's so excited He's to see Wes. Yeah, and Wes has given him nothing in return. Yeah. Home, son. Thanks, Mom. Really? Seems like he, she almost kisses him on the mouth. <laughs> Tell me about those pips. Those are special Starfleet Academy pips. Sure. Okay. Thank you for telling me about them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what they signify. I just always assumed they were Starfleet years oh. at the Academy. Admiral Mateo has just been I love this He's little... being escorted right here. The runner here. Of it's Great. fantastic. What a crisp sandwiches. And again, this is the kind of thing. Canapes. You can play this moment because it sets it up. Are you up for promotion? I am trying to establish a new relationship with the Admiral. There has been a certain amount of tension between us in the past. Tension is hardly the word I'd use. Well, I am trying to get things off on a better note this time. I want her to feel at ease. I want her to feel that she's welcome on board the Enterprise. Is there any reason she shouldn't feel welcome here? We don't have to like her will, but we have to follow her orders, and maintaining this atmosphere of confrontation serves no purpose. Admiral Nechev, welcome on board the Enterprise. Thank you, Captain. You may leave, Commander Reich. Thank you, Admiral. <laughs> Captain. Real hard ass. Uh, uh, some I'll come right Admiral. to the point, Captain. There's a situation that's... Go ahead. I just go ahead, Andy. I really like 
the, first of all, the acknowledgement to the world, building on it. In, I was, I was. By the way, I was right about the Starfleet Academy pips. Oh, you looked it up. Oh, there you go. Nice. Yeah, first year, second year, third year. Nice work. Um, uh, I like the organic extrapolation on the world. This is what I look for in the later seasons of a of a series, and it often, as I've complained about before is so ham-handed in series where it's like, oh, we're going to bring this character back. And it's like, you're not doing it in a logical, satisfying way. This is such a great progression that they're always coming to blows. And that Picard being Picard would be like, you know what? This doesn't make any sense. I got to try and soften this. We got to work together. Um, And I also like the portrayal of Necheyev that she's, um, you know, Obviously, she's very different than what probably most of our perspectives are, or certainly the perspective of Picard is. But she has her own single mind. What do you mean? Well, different in what sense? You know, she's these are the orders. This is the situation. This is for the good of the of the Federation as a whole. And he's looking at the people and the specific situations more. You know, and I will say she was remarkably like understanding. Absolutely. And I think that also speaks to Picard's diplomacy. If he had come out the way he usually does without the canapes, yeah. then uh, we're made up word where we know, by the way. Um, I love it that she, like, you know, sees it, says it's thoughtful, and takes a seat. A good performance. Developed on the Cardassian border. That. <laughs> she, <laughs> she, she smell it? She doesn't. Are those Valerian canopies? <laughs> oh, as a matter of fact, they are. I. Spoke with your aide, Commander Wrightwell, and he said that you were particularly fond of them. That was very thoughtful, Captain. I thought maybe we could go on a walk after, Please. you know, down to the Arbor- Arboretum. We used to have a cactus, but Will fell <laughs> You were saying about the Cardassians. Yes. The Federation has just completed a very long and drawn-out series of negotiations regarding the final status of our border with the Cardassians. These will be the official boundaries. I see. You'll notice a demilitarized zone has also been created along the border. Neither side will be permitted to place military outposts, conduct fleet exercises, or station warships anywhere in the demilitarized area. This border places several Federation colonies in Cardassian territory and some Cardassian colonies in ours. This agreement is far from perfect. Neither side got everything they wanted, but every yeah, yeah, yeah. But couldn't we just draw like a wavy line and uh, sort this out with a wavy line? <laughs> side got something, and as someone once said, diplomacy is the art of the possible. Those colonies finding themselves on the wrong side of the border will have to be moved. Well, the colonists are not going to be happy about that. Some of them have been there for decades. It won't be easy, but it's a reasonable price to pay for peace. Your mission will be to evacuate the colony on Dorvan 5. Dorvan 5? Isn't that where the group of North American Indians settled? Yes. They've been there for about 20 years. They've established a village in a small valley on the southern continent. Is something wrong? Admiral... Centuries ago, these North American Indians were forcibly displaced from their ancestral lands. 
These settlers on Dorvan 5 originally left Earth more than 200 years ago in order to preserve their cultural identity. I am aware of that, Captain. You see, Admiral, there are some very disturbing historical parallels here. Once more, they're being asked to leave their homes because of a, a political decision that has been taken by a distant government. An Indian representative was included in the deliberations of the Federation Council. I don't know why she brings that His up. His objections were noted, discussed, and ignored. But ultimately rejected. <laughs> uh, I think she brings it up because she wants to express sympathy for what he has to do. It's not really sympathy. It's more saying that we went about this in the diplomatic way before we completely ignored what their needs. <laughs> well, you know, she does say when he asks starfleet for a stay she's like I, I did that two days ago i tried yeah like she's trying captain which i appreciate the indians on dorvan are a nomadic group indigenous that there only Nechaya, 20 years ago and Jesus. at that time they were warned that the planet was hotly disputed by the cardassians the bottom line is they never should have gone there in the first place granted but to go to them now after 20 years and ask them to leave what is now their home I made that same argument with the Federation Council, but it... Jerry Taylor intended for this colony from the episode to be the home of Chakotay. That would have so been a nice tie-in. Is it, on it, screen. It's not, though, right? Anyway. Uh, I mean, it is what it is. They never got it in on screen, as a, but, like, see. he did, He, you know, his family was on a planet near the Cardassian border, hence him joining the Maquis. Oh, it took three nice. years to negotiate this treaty. Some concessions had to be made, and this was one of them. What if these Indians refuse to be evacuated? Then your orders will be to remove them by whatever means are necessary. I understand your moral objections, Captain. If you wish, I can find someone else to command the Enterprise for this mission. That will not be necessary, Admiral. I don't envy you this task. Yes, But yes. I don't believe it is for the greater good. <laughs> I understand. He said... And Captain... Thank you for... Making me feel welcome. You will always be welcome aboard this ship, Admiral. As long as you're not a bad <laughs> What were you going to say, Andy? Uh, I mean, obviously, it's redundant to ever say great performance from Patrick Stewart. But it's a really it's a really layered uh, performance and, and well-written in what it asks him to do. And that he has so much he has so much inner conflict he has to communicate. Um, and he does it so subtly. It's so impressive. Like throughout the episode. Well, you know, we see the subtlety of Patrick Stewart, and we now turn to the unsubtlety of Wesley Crusher's attitude problem towards Jordy. <laughs> Remember how we always used to talk about improving quantum efficiency by creating a new He's plasma so dyne excited. relay? Well, take a look at this. You've only got one microfusion in a relay in there? Your converter interface will never hold up. Hey, I ran these diagnostics myself. 
This little baby will withstand over 500 cock grains of warp field stress. I don't think so. You better put a second phase inverter in there. Look at your subprocessor matrix. It needs an overhaul. No, well, that may be your opinion, cadet. But I stand by the word. Zang. Read the latest paper from Dr. Vassbinder. He has brilliant new theories on warp propulsion inner relays. He'd say all this stuff is obsolete. What? I don't even get it. What don't you get? Well, what is what is it? I understand he's unsettled. He doesn't know where he's supposed to be in the universe. What does it have to do? Why would he shit on Jordy this way? I don't get it. Like, why Why is he treating Jordy like he's an idiot? Uh, I don't know. It just doesn't. Because he's, he's being a jerk. It doesn't track to me. But, like, this Wesley is, like, the Wesley caricature, you know? Right. The, I'm smarter than everybody, and you're all dum dumbs. Yeah. Oh, a disgusted sigh. I love it. Way to go, captioning. <laughs> <laughs> then we found this world. Can you blame us for not wanting to give it up? I understand and I respect your people's long journey, but I believe that I can help you to find a new home. As you can see, there are three other planets in this sector that have environmental conditions similar to those here on Dorvan 5. They're all uninhabited and could be colonized immediately. And if none of these worlds meet with your approval, then we will find you other choices. You do not understand, Captain. The choice of this planet was not only because of environmental conditions. There were other more intangible concerns as well. And then I want you to get up and go and look at the window. Well, I came here 20 years ago. I asked them to lower these windows, but <laughs> they wouldn't. By the it has these grates. The rivers. How can I see clearly Stop. out with these grates? <laughs> and Tuara, he's laughing at you. He thinks you're talking about old superstition and nonsense. This is not true. I have the deepest respect for your beliefs. And Tuara is a great name. that they hold for your people. Then you can respect the fact that this planet holds a deep spiritual significance for us. Should I change my name to Anthwara? It has taken us two centuries to find this place. Is it disrespectful? Am I appropriating? We do not want to spend. I think you're appropriating a name that you think sounds cool in Star Trek. I don't know. Uh, it does raise a separate... I suggest... We- I mean, I'll co-sign the paperwork. <laughs> okay, great. It does raise a separate uh, question that I had that I guess it would have to be for uh, any indigenous... And I'm sure and I'm sure that I'm the guy to answer well, it. I was going to say, I, was, I think it's for any indigenous <laughs> any indigenous uh, listener or listener with a back, indigenous background is whether this... Of all the, the various portrayals on uh, uh, over, the to- over the course of Star Trek... There have been so many, like, oh, boy, what are they doing? And uh, this didn't... I mean, it's definitely a little bit playing into the the stereotype, but it, it didn't feel that disrespectful to me. But I'm curious what someone who would know what their take is. So if anybody's anybody out there, please let us know. We adjourn. Allow us all time to think about what's been said. Agreed. We will reconvene tomorrow. And in the meantime, I would like to invite you all to join us this evening on the Enterprise. Thank you. 
We look forward to it. I said that the performances were pretty good of the the people on the planet. Yeah. Um, Usually they're very over the top and and are often not. I don't. I actually didn't do the research, so I don't know if they're played by actually indigenous people or not. But uh, I think they're pretty subtle for what they could be. Again, uh, <laughs> dissimilar to what we're about to watch. Subtlety is a dish best served not with Wesley Crusher. What's going on? Nothing. I just want to be left alone. That incident. That's in why I came to this ship. That is my business. I don't need you telling me how to behave. I shouldn't have to. You're a fourth-year Starfleet cadet. You should have a certain level of maturity. Maybe I am sick of following rules and regulations. Maybe I'm sick of living up to everyone else's expectations. Did you ever think of that? I really wanted a further explanation than what we got for this. (laughs) I never thought of that. What's happening? (laughs) It is pretty wild. Uh... In a way that I just don't, uh, I don't. I think that was kind. Of, I don't know. I, I guess it's like we got we got one episode to do this. We got one episode to get Wesley out of Starfleet, so we're gonna have to step on the gas. But even if it was just the note that they played at the beginning of him being sort of disconnected and depressed, that that would have added up more to me. Even my own father was against it. But when Katawa made his decision, it was final. My father never said another word. Never easy to leave one's home. The safe and the familiar. But there are times when the greater good demands that certain sacrifices are made. I'm sure that was something that your grandfather understood. So does his grandson. There are also times when a people sacrificed too much. Zing. When a people must hold on to what we have, even against overwhelming opposition. What do you know about your family, Captain? Um, well, a great deal, actually. My father was a strong believer in passing on traditions and history of a family. That's why I know how long uh, the chateau was abandoned for. (laughs) We have strong ties to our ancestors. We believe their actions guide us, even now. Knowing more about your family might help me to better understand you. Besides, it is always good to understand one's adversary in any negotiation. I hope that by the end of this matter, you will no longer look on me as an adversary. My family. Well, well they were well known for their colonialism and massacring. And, uh... I think my mother was a bore. <laughs> uh... Sorry, I'm We'll talk about it later. real fun loop group happening in there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know. know. (laughs) It's 
Do you think any of the people in Loop Group were like, oh, it's Star Trek. I'm going to do like that. I'm, I'm an alien. I'm an alien. <laughs> they, they, see this, uh, they see this scene and it's just a bunch of humans. They're like, damn it. <laughs> I really blew this. Yes. I am Lakanta. It's nice to meet you. As always. Can I get you a- In retrospect... The Traveler, never not weird and creepy. <laughs> he fucking takes the shape of someone else. It's so weird. <laughs> Look, it's just it's just what, you know, just what the Traveler does. Traveler travel, such man. a fucking weirdo. I'd say this guy actually did a really great job of communicating Two the creepiness of the Traveler. <laughs> I went into the Habak and began a vision quest. And while I was there, I saw many things. Talked to many animals, many spirits. And I saw you. Keeps licking his lips. I don't think I understand. I know why you came to us, Wesley. To find the answers that you seek. the end of the act Matt it sure is and are we is he gonna get the answers who knows that's what we have to wait and find three years ago he was a boy and now he has returned a young man and that can't be easy for a mother or son but it's gone beyond just the two of us yes I heard about the incident with Jordy you guys can stop crying for days (laughs) I called Admiral Brand today she said his grades are dropping that he's becoming remote and defensive if he's not careful, he's going to wash out next term. Maybe, maybe you should talk to him, John Luke. Maybe it's the kind of thing that a boy, a man, needs to discuss with another man. I don't think he wants either of us to talk to him right now. But he needs. But Hart is remarkably he's got sensitive to the situation. Then any efforts on our part could only push him further away. He's he's got to work this out for himself. I think he's just tired of saving Wesley's ass. <laughs> he just doesn't want to get involved. <laughs> yeah. He's like, last time I did this, that Tom Paris lookalike was fucking jerk. <laughs> Since you beamed down. Well, I'm here. What should I do? I don't know. I thought you said you were going to help me find some answers. Answers to your questions. Tell me about this Habak. You said you had some kind of vision there? So Wesley goes on a vision quest, which we've now seen a few times in Star Trek because we, you know, of all the Voyager we're watching over in the Patreon. Uh, I guess that happens after this. Anyway. Yeah. May I ask, uh, where are we in DS9 at this point? Do you know? Yeah. Now my brain doesn't do the math. Uh, Let me find uh, out. I Hang can, on a second. I can tell you. Okay. By clicking on this date here. I guess I'm saying what season? No. I think it's like season two. No. Uh, but I can because they you. make reference to it earlier. In- this week, profit and loss. Uh, 
Sounds like that's Ferengi driven. Aired. And that was the 18th episode of season two of DS9. Interesting. For the true reason you were sent. We did not find it until last night. Are you familiar with the Pueblo Revolt of 1680? I am. Several Indian tribes rose up to overthrow their Spanish overlords and drove them out of what is now called New Mexico. Ten years later, the Spanish returned to reconquer the area. They were brutal. I would use the word savage. They killed hundreds of our people. Thousands more were maimed. The name of one of the soldiers Zabier, Maribona, Picard, your ancestor. But we're French. I was. I assume that there. I was told we were French. I assume there's some kind of historical grounding for that, right? For what? Uh, oh, the incident. No, for the fact that they were Spanish conquerors, but he's from French background. I don't know if I'm flaunting my ignorance here. Wait, what do you mean? That there's what that, well, all that's saying is that a Picard was fighting for Spain at some point. But isn't he saying he is a an actual descendant of him, or is he just saying yeah? yeah. So I guess I'm just curious about the how that lineage Look, works. You know, Columbus was Italian, and Spain funded the expedition. So yeah. Spain did a lot of shitty things, right? <laughs> Going on. We have unwelcome visitors, sir. What if the Cardassians, because they're lined up like they're about to sing a doo-wop number? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what if they just launched Wolf, into for on? the longest time? <laughs> we have unwelcome visitors, sir. Oh, they're more welcome than I thought, sir. <laughs> <laughs> We're harmonizing. Excuse us. It was my understanding that there will be no Cardassian presence here for another six weeks. Your arrival here may have upset some very delicate negotiations. Negotiations? The status of this planet has been settled. What are you negotiating? I will be very happy to explain that to you. But for now, I must ask you and your men to leave immediately. Captain, we have been sent here to perform a preliminary survey of all the buildings and equipment being left behind. I have no intention of leaving until our mission is complete. Very well. Complete your mission. But remember, this is Federation territory, Gullivac. And until that changes, these people are under my jurisdiction. And I will protect them. Is that a threat? It's a fact. Bear that in mind while you conduct your survey. That great scene. Really great tete-a-tete. I would love it if the next scene was them walking around going, um... You, you're gonna take that chair with you <laughs> okay uh how about this table <laughs> no, uh, no it's a shame. taking the table i do no, taking the chair more. i need more how about these high windows will you be leaving the high windows <laughs> surely you must be leaving the tiles on the roof we can't retile all the roofs <laughs> that one looks like a klingon yes Dirty Our culture is rooted in the past, but it's not limited to the past. Oh. Spirits of the Klingon and the Vulcan and Ferengi 
come to us just as the bear and the coyote, the parrot. There's no difference. What should I do? Start the fire. Huh. Gullivec. So. Gullivec was yeah. in Caretaker also in Voyager and in a bunch of Deep Space Nine, obviously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was in Preemptive he Strike. I don't remember him. Which was Preemptive Strike? Uh, it, it, it's in three episodes. You haven't seen it yet. Oh. Oh, cool. Is there any indication the tribal... Spoilers. You're getting spoilers, I'm sorry. Man. I saw an image. I'm excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> Yay, I thought we were done. <laughs> That's a bummer. That's a bummer that you just spoiled it for yourself. I'm sorry. Well, you would have revealed it in a trailer anyway. <laughs> it would have been in the trailer, yeah, but that would be in two weeks, and you'd be more excited. Oh, this way I can really there. gear up for it even more. In the near future. Start my Ensign Row parties, put out my Ensign Row canapes. I have every reason to believe (laughs) that they will resist any attempt to remove them. I strongly urge you to request an emergency session of the Federation Council. The issue of Dorman 5 must be reopened. Captain, I made that request two days ago. The answer was no. Also, Will's right behind the monitor, isn't he? I can feel it. I feel a tingling on the back of my head. (laughs) So much for your reprieve from Starfleet. A little, little sound they give it. He slides it away. Anthwara believes. Me? That I am responsible for the crimes of one of my ancestors against his people. Do you believe that? No, of course not. I respect his belief. But I do not see how it can have any bearing on this mission. But even so, I can't help wondering if a dark chapter in my family's history is about to be repeated. If those people take up arms against us, then I cannot foresee the consequences. Mr. Worf, will you come in here a moment? Aye, sir. You know an interesting thing that uh, this is Ronald Ron Moore, right? I wrote this one. Mm-hmm. That he's so good at is writing disparate perspectives. He's, you know, he's not a, you know, he, he is a, I don't know if warmonger is the right, is the, uh, the right terminology, but he's someone who like, he enjoys the battles. He enjoys stuff about honor. He enjoys, you know, the, you know, the, the, the strategy and all the stuff. Like he gets his hands dirty and all that stuff. He's mm-hmm. really good at presenting different characterizations of people that you'd be like, I'm not on that person's side, and then kind of bringing, not portraying them as mustache twirly, not portraying them as it's all black and white. Like Necheyev's perspective is very, you know, balanced. And then even with the Gullivec, by the end, he like opens the door to being, you know, more reasonable and not just hardcore Cardassian. It's a, it's a real ability he has. The guy's a good writer. I'm going to take a strong stance on this. I mean, say it if you will. <laughs> Jeez, I mean, we're making a lot of blowback at Ron Moore. Big anti-Moore, Ron Moore l- lobby. Uh, no, Ron Moore is great. He's great at also character downbeats. Um, yes, that is also uh, true. And He's really great at f- filling... 
coloring the world. Because he does the thing that I was sort of talking about earlier, like with Nishayev, where it's like, okay, I know these about these characters. What's an interesting extrapolation that I want to watch in these downbeats where we don't, you know, where there's so yeah. much stuff in all across I mean, Star, Star Trek where it's just like, oh, we need to fill time. And it's just like, why would you use the precious time we have on that scene? Because it's Star Trek Voyager and they're seven minutes short. Yeah. So, so Neelix has to cook something. <laughs> Miss Worf, will you begin preparations to remove the inhabitants from Dolphin 5? Will I? I sir. <laughs> Already did. They're in my quarters. All of them? Yes. Look at that face. Look at that mug. So it's a great so face. Tortured. When you started a long time ago. When I left you and your mother. You mean when you died? You set out on a journey. Maybe. His dad's real coy. <laughs> now it's time to find a path that is truly yours. Don't follow me any further. I don't understand. Yes, you do. It's just hard for you to accept. Is this the same guy who played his dad before? Goodbye, Wesley. Yeah. And good luck. Good cake. Dad, wait. I'm sorry. I just went to get a sub. No. Did I miss anything? I wish. I wish Worf like. Double axe handle chopped him in the. Are you all back here? <laughs> yeah, we're from fine. Lay out a confinement beam trace along the southeastern side of the village. And be discreet. We do not wish to alarm these people. Yes, sir. Any idea what that is? Confined beam uh, trace. That's a, that's a security officer? <laughs> Any idea what a confined beam trace is? Confinement beam. Confinement you know, beam. when they. Uh, let me put it into into Andy terms. Yeah, what did they made? Uh, I don't know. What would you do? Uh, it's like <laughs> yeah, a, it's do like that. A, it's like when they tried to beam that chair out of the holodeck. Oh, the little things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But those are those are pattern enhancers. These would be more like uh, people enhancers. People people <laughs> have to stay in in this vicinity. Right. Yeah. Wharf. Yes. What are you doing? Captain told me to do stuff. <laughs> we are laying out transporter coordinates for a security perimeter. It may be necessary to remove these people by force. This must. This is really. Worf must have been furious that he's like, "Okay, I'll include you because Worf. I know you're one of the team." We can't do this. These people deserve better than to be removed from their homes. I understand, but now is not the time. Do you time know what they're trying to do? They're preparing to beam you away. And you are take just you like ship. Nikolai. <laughs> You're not going to let them do that, are you? No. I will we take won't. a wife amongst you. Leave now. Worf, what's happening? <laughs> In some ways. Oh, uh, yeah. The traveler's just stirring up shit. He just walks off at the end. He doesn't care. He's like, don't worry about them. They'll be fine. You fucking. He knows they will. Does he? And they are. I feel like he doesn't care. <laughs> wow, that's rude. I'm not a traveler fan. Yeah, you've made that much clear. You can't Call even like crazy. get through a day without talking about how much you it's hate It's true. 
Sometimes I text Matt out of nowhere. Now. Fucking traveler. You're like, I won't even watch the Traveler's Insurance Open of the PGA Tour because of the Traveler. <laughs> I wish that he was the host of that, Find though. Find the orders of the ranking officer of the seat. <laughs> you put the lives of... He just pauses time while a ball is immediately... Now look the at this. The entire away team in Jeff... Um, no, let's see his... Hey, here's a dress down. It's a good time. Right. Inexcusable. You defied the orders of the ranking officer on the scene. You put the lives of the entire away team in jeopardy. And you made an already tense situation worse. Your actions reflect very badly on this ship and on that uniform. Now I want an explanation, Mr. Crusher. It's no wonder Ensign Sito uh, got out of the academy before you. <laughs> and I want it now. That's a really good point. This guy's supposed to be a genius. What you're doing down there is wrong. These people are not some random group of colonists. They're a unique culture with a history that predates the Federation and Starfleet. That does not alter the fact that my orders I are know to... Admiral Necheyev gave you an order, and she was given an order from the Federation Council. But it's still wrong. That decision is not yours to make, Cadet. Really throwing Cadet at him. Oh, it's a burn. I don't know what's got the sickest burn that, there yeah. is in Starfleet. And frankly, right now, I don't care. But I will tell you this, while you wear that uniform, you will obey every order you are given. And you will conform to Starfleet regulations and rules of conduct. Is that clear? Yes, sir, it is. But I won't be wearing this uniform any longer. I'm resigning from the Academy. Cool. All right. Well, then, do whatever you want. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> oh, well, all right. That simplifies things. Captain. Go ahead, number There's one. There's another great face. Gullivec wants to meet with you to discuss the situation on the surface. Let him come aboard. I'll see him in here. Aye, sir. You know what it is? You know what the key is from an acting standpoint? The fucking Wesley thing is still simmering in his eyes as his the rest of his brain is like, go ahead, number one. He's like going to the next thing but his head is still like it's just really great acting I mean if it was discovery he'd need uh, seven more minutes of whispering and crying it's true and then he might be able to do his job after that but we're not sure wait a second is his pointier than mine (laughs) (laughs) It has a little his name emblazoned on it. Starfleet oh. isn't for me. Look, you don't know how bad you look in that vest. You can't leave Starfleet. Your entire life, but you are going to stand here and explain it to me first. You owe me that much. I saw Dad today. He told me not to follow him. Oh my God, you've gone insane. I mean, she should really order a medical quarantine. (laughs) You what? I was participating in an Indian ritual. And I had a vision. Dad came to me and told me not to follow him. He said I had to find my own path. Is that what this is all about? A vision told you to leave the academy and now you're packing your bags? No. No, it's more than that. I've known I needed to do this for a long time. I just haven't been able to admit it to myself. But you always said that being at the Academy was the best thing that ever happened to you. I know. For a while it was. 
But as time went on and graduation got closer, I, I started feeling really depressed. I thought maybe it was the workload or the stress of being away from home. But it didn't go away. It just got worse. Keep talking about home. So is the Enterprise home to him? Why didn't you ever say anything? Um, I wasn't thinking about that until he just said that line there and I was watching. But I was like, do they have like a house like <laughs> in Montana or something that we don't know about? They do it or... a couple of times. They do it at the top where he says, we're welcoming a family member home. They say it here. And then well, I think at the end, know, I he says, assume they think of the Enterprise as right, home. I guess for the purposes of the show. I didn't want to disappoint you or Captain Picard or my friends. You guys were all so proud of me. But definitely Jordy. I wanted to disappoint Jordy. I love you. I know, Mom. I guess the truth is that I was afraid of disappointing myself. I never questioned the fact that I would be in Starfleet. But when Dad said not to follow him, it just made so much sense. Everything is so clear now. Maybe it is partly my fault. (laughs) She's very big on saying that. (laughs) We didn't realize the kind of pressure we were putting on you to be exactly what we expected you to be. I don't blame you at all. This is my decision. It always has been. You know that alien from Tau Ceti? The one who could control warp fields with his mind? The Traveler. He told Captain Picard a long time ago that you were very special, like Mozart. And that you were destined for something quite different from the rest of us. Maybe this is the first step. I love you. (laughs) I love you too, Mom. You shouldn't be here, Wesley. I heard you guys had more vests. (laughs) Why? Bring them over here. Why have you taken these men prisoner? This is not their world. They have no right to be here. The terms of the treaty gives them the right to survey this planet. We don't recognize that treaty. Worf to Picard. An armed group of Indians has taken two Cardassian prisoners. The situation is extremely volatile. Request instructions. Stand by, Mr. Worf. Have your ship lock onto your people and beam them out of there before something happens. My people? What about these Indians of yours? They've taken hostages. This is our planet, Captain. We will not be chased away by some unruly crowd. Gully back to the Vitar. This is Glenn Talak aboard the Vitar. Go ahead. Two of our men on the surface have been taken prisoner. Prepare to send an armed squad of troopers to rescue... Imagine if the Enterprise always answered like that. This is Worf aboard the Enterprise. Go ahead. Rescue <laughs> them and to occupy the village. Gullivec, those people are Federation citizens. And I am sworn to protect them. If your troops attack that village, my security forces will respond. I hope you realize the consequences of Federation officers firing on Cardassian troops. Oh, yes, I do. That is why we must stop this now, before it's too late. 
I cannot allow you to hold these men as prisoners. You have no authority here. Can't tell, did that guy get hit or did he just dive out of the way? That's a good question. Seems like he got hit. What happened? Yeah, I think he dived out of the way. Did you do this? Pretty good effect for the time. I didn't do anything. You did. I did? You pulled yourself out of their time. You took the first step, Wesley. My first step to where? To another plane of existence. Another way of thinking. I don't understand. You found a new beginning for yourself. The first step on a journey that few humans will ever take. Who are you? Zing! It's me! <laughs> I fooled you! I've waited a long time for this moment, Wes. It even had shots that were so like the original Traveler episode with their faces my... super close. Habak. <laughs> my father and the things he said to me, that was your doing? I merely opened the door for you. What you experienced came from your own mind, your own spirit, if you wish. I hoped that you would open your mind to new possibilities, and you did. You pulled yourself out of time, don't you see? You've evolved to a new level. You're ready to explore places where thought and energy combine in ways you can't even imagine. And I will be your guide. It's been a concerning relationship since the beginning, and it has not stopped now. What about them? I will take you, Wesley. You will come with me. They must find their to own a destinies, special place Wesley. where it's just it's you and me, Wesley. Interfere, but have faith in their abilities to solve their problems on their own. Don't worry about these people. No one else exists except us. They can't stop time, can they? <laughs> but we can. The Cardassian ship is powering its weapons and its transports. This is the VTAR to Gullivec. Our troops are under attack. They're requesting immediate assistance. What are your orders? Evac. The last war caused massive destruction and cost millions of lives. Don't send our two peoples down that same path again. Not like this. Now the future lies in your hands right now. Give us one last chance for peace. Gullivec, what are your orders? Can we open fire? Evac to the VTAR. Lock on our troops on the surface. And beam them aboard. But sir, they've been fired upon. Those are my orders. Carry them out. Yes, sir. Beam up the away team immediately. Aye, sir. I lost two of three sons in the war, Captain. When I first watched that, I thought he said two or three sons. <laughs> I couldn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to lose. No, the Flingar's last still one. around. No, no, it was two. It was two. Understand the implications of this agreement. By giving up your status as Federation citizens, any future request you or your people make to Starfleet will go unanswered. You will be on your own and under Cardassian jurisdiction. I understand, Captain. And we are prepared to take that risk. Will the Cardassian government honor your agreement here? 
I believe I can convince them that this is an equitable solution. I cannot speak for every Cardassian you may encounter, but if you leave us alone, I suspect that we will do the same. It can't be true, right? Will this I be mean, acceptable I, you, to the Star- I don't know as much. I'm, I'm not in DS9 yet, but aren't the Cardassians aggressive colonializers? <laughs> Cardassians are all, you know, it's all swaths. All, all versions. Yeah, I mean, they're peop- they're they're a race, you yeah. know, so it's not... They're not all warmongers. They're not all... Uh... I mean, certainly this guy illustrates that. I guess I just felt like once it's in the hands of the governments of Cardassia, it seems like these these folks aren't going to do there, well. There are more trustworthy governments out there, for sure. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like they don't really care about 45 people on one valley of this planet. Yeah. Fleet command? It will not be easy. Oh, certainly but looking enough at the, the furniture on it. I, well, they wanted to know what was there and what wasn't going to be there. I've made I a deal with this guy's wardrobe. It. I really appreciate it. Clean. A very old stain of blood. Captain's log, stardate 47755.3. The Enterprise is preparing to leave Dorvan 5, but former cadet Wesley Crusher will be staying behind. Where will you go? The Traveler said that my studies would begin with these people. He said that they're aware of many things. I can learn a lot from them. (laughs) That's just what I need, more studying. (laughs) Good luck, mister Good luck, Wesley Thank you For a lot of things Good cover right there His aromatic syndrome was kicking And he forgot his last name (laughs) And then he recovered by calling Wesley Good luck You... Uh, Jordy wanted to come say goodbye, but he's still crying. (laughs) Seriously, no resolution with fucking Jordy. I know. It's terrible. Poor Jordy. Here's a question. Do you think Wesley was right that Jordy's idea was stupid? (laughs) Wesley is the genius. It was the thing that that Jordy was building into the the engine. Was it... uh, I think that it it would work, and uh, Wesley's version would be a little more robust. I see. <laughs> that's how, that's what I would say about regarding how mean, mean, mean Wesley was. Yeah. Good old so mean. mean Wesley. You're gonna really regret uh, your decision, traveler. That kid's gonna be a real handful. Uh, yeah. So, I guess with all that said, let's. Uh, Hear it. Well, it's the NBC, yeah, the NBC. Only Matt and Andy know who it's gonna be. Will it be Data, Riker, Troy, or Dr. Crusher? If you don't like who they pick, just remember that this podcast is free.
Um, Picard, right? It's no contest. Yeah, I don't think Wesley I would, stopping time did nothing. Yeah, I would say it's one of the prime Picard MVCs. Like, he takes an impossible situation and diplomacies his way out of it. And makes it possible. Oh, Drew. This, this Captain Picard is so good at that. Uh, yeah, I agree. And uh, let's give it some Andes. How many Andes does this episode get? Um. Uh, hmm, it's a real good one. The the West stuff is real weird, though. I mean, I'm glad to see him. It's not that satisfying. It's like satisfying that he's there. But it's like you don't get to right. see any of the satisfying stuff you would want, which is him buddy-buddying with Jordy and him hanging out with people and him having a good connection with... I guess he has it at the, at the end. But they just sort of lean on the worst sides of the character. Um, but the other side is, I think, really great compared to how offensive it would be. And again, I'd love to hear from people who are better educated to... Wait, so now you're giving Andy's on an, on an offensive level? Uh, yeah, how offensive is it? I just love it when it's, um, you know, I I would take I would deduct points like for a code of honor. Um, for a, for this episode doesn't really do it for me. And not not your thing. Huh? You don't not even. It's a little. It's a little dull for my liking, and not in a way that like normally I like the like so much diplomacy though, Matt. Yeah, I like normally I like the sit. Let's sit and talk about this. And I do, you know, I like the resolution with the Cardassians and 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 the Federation, and I like how, you know, what it's, I'm finding is that I like the A plot much more than I like the B plot, right? Of Wesley, so uh, I'll probably uh, throw it. I say they balance each other out to a five. Hmm. I like it a little bit more than that, just because I like uh, the performances by. Stewart are so fantastic and what they give him to do what Ronald Moore gives him to do and I love that Ron Moore as I said shows Golovek shows Anthara and Nichayev um, all to see see both sides of their characters um, it's interesting you miss so completely with Wesley the character that you should know better uh, maybe he doesn't like Wesley uh, so I give it a 6.5 oh that's a tasty tasty rating yeah. alright let's watch the trailer for you know as uh, as as uh, the sun month continues let's watch the trailer for Firstborn whoa bring it back nation attempt Tears a family apart. If he stays here, he will never be a warrior. Now, Worf's son faces a crucial rite of passage. I don't want to be a warrior. Will he dishonor his <laughs> Bring father? all the favorites back. And sever his Klingon ties forever? We will never be able to defend our family against... Enough! 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 Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation. It's not. I don't have high hopes for an Alexander episode, but I'm interested. <laughs> uh, appropriate response to that trailer. Uh, all right, everyone. We'll see you on the Patreon. Otherwise, uh, we'll see you here next week. Toodles. Disengage.